Well, hello everyone and welcome to another message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Uh, the message is for Sunday, March the 6th, 2022. Thank you for joining us. My name is Melvin Gaines. I appreciate you being here. We're going to go ahead and get into the message for today. I pray that the message will have an impact on you where if you're having any questions about your relationship with Jesus Christ, whether you know him personally or not, um, I pray that this message will help you to truly take your relationship to the next level. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, thank you for this time that you have given us to set time aside now and listen to you speak to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that the words spoken are not my words, but the words of the Spirit indeed. And we thank you again for your presence. We thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your encouragement to seek after you moment by moment when we need you most. And Lord, in doing so, we pray that you strengthen us and encourage us to even come to you more and more and rely upon matters of the flesh less and less. We thank you for the sanctification of your spirit that you truly do want us to grow more and more in you. And we, you do so, Lord, because you love us. You love us in spite of our challenges, the things that we do. I pray, Lord, that you help us through these things that happen to us where we don't feel as inclined to come to seek after you and that you indeed help to see that you are easy. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. Thank you for those promises that you give to us, and thank you for your teaching. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Last Sunday, uh, during our Zoom Bible study, we covered a passage in the book of Luke that got me thinking more about the importance of Bible study and how you and I can gain wisdom and understanding that is applicable to today's world. The passage in question provoked additional thought. Uh, it was Luke, Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. Why don't you turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Luke 8, verses 1 through 3, and we're going to go ahead and look at that. And I'm going to read it to you at the English Standard Version. Luke 8, verses 1 through 3. Starting in verse 1 of Luke 8, Soon afterward he being Jesus, went on through the cities and villages proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna and many others, who provided for them out of their means. Now, this is the only mention within the four Gospels of the complete group of women who travel with Jesus and the twelve disciples. First, it's not a stretch to note that Jesus was showing everyone around him that these women were important to him and his disciples. Culturally, women did not have the same standing as men, and yet these women were traveling companions treated as equals. We are most familiar with Mary Magdalene, who was healed from demon possession. And if you recall, she was there throughout Jesus's ministry. 
She was there at the cross with Jesus along with Mary of Clopas after he was resurrected from the tomb after the crucifixion. And that's in Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. A lesser known but very important woman referenced in this group is Joanna. She was the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager. Now this is interesting in itself because the Herod, the Herod that was referred to here, is the son of Herod the Great, the same Herod who ordered all male children aged two and under to be killed in and around Bethlehem, which you would find in Matthew 2, verses 16 through 18. The son, Herod Antipas, was in charge of Galilee, and his reputation was just as bad as his father's. He was the leader that Jesus encountered in Luke 23, before his crucifixion, and he was also responsible for the beheading of John the Baptist. Chusa was essentially Herod's chief of staff or business manager. Joanna's provision from her means was actually a large amount of money in her family, likely collected, uh, likely collected taxes that she was using to help now pay for Jesus and the things that he needed to have done, Jesus and the disciples. Joanna was also mentioned in Luke 24, 10, when she, Mary Magdalene, and the other women were trying to tell the apostles that Jesus was no longer in the tomb. That's in Luke 24, 10, once again. Now, it must be pointed out that Joanna was still married to Chupa, by all accounts. We don't have any reference to her being divorced, yet she moved about freely with Jesus and the disciples. This would have been highly controversial if it were to occur today, let alone back at that time. And yet it is clear that Jesus made such an impression on these women that there was no looking back. In much the same way that he invited members of his disciples to come and see, the women did much the same. Now, I went through this exercise to show how important it is for all of us to go much further in our reading and seek greater understanding of the Word of God. Without the extra digging here, you would never have known these extra details about the women who traveled with Jesus as documented in Scripture from his early ministry through the time of his resurrection. They were very much devoted to him. Here's a question for you and the listening audience, both men and women. How serious are you in taking your personal study time to the next level? How serious are you? The question is for both men and women, but guess what? It's worth noting that women have been more involved in church Bible studies than men have. This is more than just a casual observation. While the overall numbers of church attendance reflect a general decline over the past 12 years, at least for people who identify as weekly churchgoers, the number of women in church still surpasses that of men. According to Pew Research, overall, women are more likely than men to be affiliated with a religious organization. Women also pray more and are more inclined to say religion is very important in their lives. These findings come from survey data collected by Pew Research Center in up to 84 countries. 
not just the United States, 84 countries that compare men and women in several different aspects of religious commitment. Now, the women described in Luke were wired in the same way that the women of today who follow Jesus are wired. They had an emotional, not a romantic, but an emotional connection with Jesus in much the same way that today's women of the church do. That is why women seem to be, quote unquote, further ahead in matters of faith and prayer and have an innate desire to learn about Jesus more than men do. Now, with this in mind, and respectfully speaking to the men in this audience and to those listening online, is it a matter of men getting caught up in church with where the women are? Well, the answer is no, not at all. The moment that you start looking at this as a competition between men and women, you're giving this over to the flesh. Plain and simple. It's not a competition. What is more, what this is more about is your desire to learn more about Jesus. Plain and simple. In the old days, and when I say old days, I use that term loosely. Uh, uh, we're talking even recent history, frankly. Men, even church-going men, treated Sundays much differently than the women did. Men were the weekend warriors who found it prudent to take in football games, play golf, or work in the yard. Today's less stereotypical view is while men in the church are more engaged with church members during Sunday mornings, they are harder to find in church Bible studies. My argument to men, including to myself many years ago, was that if I can give football or any sports outlet a priority, then I should be able to give the one who saved me the highest priority when it comes to learning more about him. And everything else comes second or third or fourth. It's all about taking your relationship with Jesus to the next level. Whatever that level is, the next level. Getting to the next level is fueled by your love for Jesus. Loving Jesus is more than just saying you do. When we say we love Jesus, our actions must follow our words. John says it several times in his writings. Turn your Bibles to John 14, John chapter 14. We're going to look at passages in John 14, verse 15, and then John chapter 15, verse 10. Let's start with John 14. John 14, 15. John 14, 15 says, plain and simple, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And then flip over to John chapter 15, verse 10. John 15, verse 10. Verse 10 says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now flip over, please, to 1 John chapter 4. 
1 John chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse 8. And then we'll look at a secondary passage, chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. Let's start with 1 John 4, 8. 1 John 4, 8. Verse 8 says, Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. God is love. And then let's go to verse chapter 5, verse 3. 1 John 5, verse 3. Verse 3 says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. Heard it again. Keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. If you love God, if you love Jesus, you can take your relationship with him to the next level. It starts with love. How easy is it to love Jesus? Honestly, it's as easy as you want it to be. He makes loving him very easy. Take a look at Matthew 11, verse 28. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Matthew 11, 28. This is the English Standard Version also. It says in verse 28, Come to me, all you who, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now that was Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Psalm 145.18 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. The Lord is near. If you're sincere and you call on him, he'll be right there with you. Amen. So the Lord is near and it's easy to call on him and rely upon him. These are all very good reasons to develop a relationship with Jesus. He makes it easy for us. Is anything holding you back? Now, this is directed to everyone, men and women. Is anything holding you back? If there is hesitancy on your part to give everything to Jesus, perhaps... It is because there's a good chance that you are set in your ways. Or maybe you think that you're losing something for giving up the way you have been living for Jesus. Is it because you're skeptical of Jesus based upon a past event or a misunderstanding in dealing with the church? A person who looks at these issues objectively is aware that it is not people that we are to emulate or to follow. It is about following the words and promptings of Jesus. Because people are going to mess up. People aren't perfect. But Jesus is our perfection. He's the one to recognize. He's the one to go to. 
take a look at uh, a passage now. I'm going to give you 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to read verse 31 through chapter 11, verse 1, because it's all a continuous passage. It's, even though it's crossing over from chapter to chapter, the same text really crosses over uh, for context. So it's 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31, and we're going to read through to chapter 11, verse 1. But let's start with 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or the church of God. I, being Paul, too, try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that many may be saved. And then verse 1 in chapter 11, And you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Now, if you're having difficulty understanding exactly what it is you should be doing, look at Paul's example here. I hope you can see that throwing off how you live and emulating, not merely copying, but emulating how a follower of Jesus lives requires an act of humility. You've got to humble yourself before the Lord. And it shows the importance of church fellowship, whether it is in person or doing a Zoom Bible study. You know, fellowship is fellowship. I, I know that there will be an argument with some about that, whether it's in person or online. But honestly, fellowship is fellowship. And we need to recognize that as well, too. We learn about Jesus when we act and live in a manner that brings Jesus to the forefront. And if it requires going in person to someone in church to do so or online with a Bible study and, and participating that way, those are very simple ways to do it. And saying hello to someone and giving your greetings to someone, whether in person or electronically, it works. It achieves the same purpose. We cannot live for Jesus when we just make lip service and keep him in the background of our life. He needs to be in the forefront. And there's the rub. Coming to Jesus Christ is very easy and simple, but our flesh and selfishness makes it the hardest thing for us to ever do. Without humility, you can't get to the next level. Please take a moment now to pray for those you know. Pray silently for them. Those you know who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. And for also for those who know that Jesus is Lord, but have not pressed on the accelerator to move them into a closer relationship with Jesus. Those names should be coming to mind. Pray for those people. Don't let the love of stuff and money keep you from committing to Jesus. Take a look at what it says in 1 Timothy 6. I'm going to read to you verses 6 through 10 of 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 through 10. This is from the New Living Translation. Verse 6, Yet true godliness and contentment itself is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. 
So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Notice how people often find reasons to not make a commitment to Jesus. And that includes people who profess to know him. Don't let your flesh hold you back. Don't let your flesh hold you back. When Jesus says it is easy to come to him, he means it. He encourages you to seek after him. If you want to learn more from him, you'll need to sit under him. Please turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Luke chapter 10. Let's take a look at verses 38 through 42. I found this passage and I said, well, sit under Jesus. Sit under him, which means you're going to be listening to him. You're going to be paying attention to him. You're going to be focusing on him as if you're a student in a classroom. Look at what it says in Luke 10, verses 38 through 42. Starting at verse 38, English Standard Version. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered, entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Don't let the cares of the world keep you from entering into a wholehearted relationship with Jesus Christ. Just go after Jesus now. Walk, run, or just move towards him. Jesus will hold nothing back. He'll hold nothing back from you as you seek after his wisdom. He will help you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Take it to the next level. Amen. Psalm 34.4, the New American Standard Version, says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and rescued me from all my fears. Jeremiah 29.13, this is the Christian Standard Bible Version, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Amen. God's not playing hide-and-go-seek with you. We play hide-and-go-seek with him, but he's not playing that with us. He doesn't play those kind of games. He's right there with us when we call on him. Remember the women we discussed who travel with Jesus? You can make the argument that they were most compelled to follow him because of what he did for them, his healing ability. 
Well, let's take a look at this passage and see if that really lines up. Go to Luke chapter 17, and we're going to read verses 11 through 19. Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. It's not about a quid pro quo when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. Let's take a look at this. Just because he does something for us does not mean we're obligated to follow him. But at the same time, it has to do with our heart, doesn't it? Luke 17, verse 11. Let's start there. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Verse 14, when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And they went, and as they went, they were cleansed. Verse 15, then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. It takes effort to seek after Jesus, but it takes faith to stay after him. It takes faith to stay after him. And your faith will not only make you well, it will give you strength and endurance as you live for him. Did you get that? It may take effort to seek Jesus, but it takes faith to stay after him. Now, after reading and hearing these appeals to put aside whatever it is that keeps you away from Jesus and seek after him, always know that Jesus loves you and that he died on the cross for you to experience eternal life with him. He truly does not want to see anyone perish. He does not want to see anyone perish. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 encapsulate this very statement. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. He's not here to condemn the world. But he is here to save those who are looking to him. Let's follow the example of the men and women that traveled with Jesus during his mission. They showed us how they took their relationship with Jesus to the next level. It was a wholehearted commitment to love Jesus and to live for him. You can get to the next level in your relationship with Jesus. Loving him gets you started. Reading and investigating his word keeps you moving. Praying and meditating on his word gives you the momentum you need. Don't look at where others are around you when it comes to their relationship with Jesus. This message is for you. 
it's time to get to the next level. The next level in your relationship with Jesus. Amen. Father, we pray that the words spoken here truly do have an impact and effect on those who have been sitting on the fence or straddling the fence or trying to figure out what to do about their relationship with you. Or even for those who have had no consideration about doing so whatsoever. I pray, Lord, that through the power of the Spirit that you speak to those people right now, that they de indeed know the importance of being in a, loving, in a loving relationship with you. And Lord, that there will be nothing to impede them or keep them from seeking after you. Nothing about the flesh, nothing about pride, nothing about those things that would just keep us away from truly experiencing your presence. Lord, help those people right now. Touch them, teach them, encourage them to come and see. Come and see you. Lord, we thank you for the good results. We thank you for people who truly are looking to learn more from you. And Lord, there are going to be moments where it's a bumpy ride. But Lord, help them keep striving, keep moving towards you. And welcome them each time they try to come. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives, Lord. Thank you for your, your peace, your love, your wisdom, your knowledge, and giving us greater understanding as we come to you. We give you thanks and praise, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I appreciate you being here very much. God bless you all. You take care of yourselves. Remember, Akron Elias Fellowship Church is here for you, and we ask for your prayers as we will pray for you as well, too, if you need it. God bless you. Take care of yourselves, and we'll see you next time.